I'm so excited. Lush Life is getting out of the studio and onto the slopes with our first Lush Guide. I'm Susan Schwartz, your drinking companion, and this is Lush Life Podcast. Every week, I'm inspired to live life one cocktail at a time by the best in the industry. Maybe he was speaking to Mia from Sweden for the past two weeks, but I couldn't help wanting to jump into the snow. So I headed to Morzine, France, a skier's paradise, quaint, pretty, with great slopes. Honestly, I prefer apres ski to ski. And I'm definitely not poo-pooing Van Show, toffee vodka, Jägermeister shots, and the endless amounts of white wine you drink with fondue. Hey, I did an episode praising Savoy white wines. But sometimes you just need a good old-fashioned in a civilized bar with a mud-freed floor or that perfect pint of craft beer. I found all and more in Morzine and sat down with a few of the folks who are offering alternatives to the definition of apres ski. But the fun of a lush guide is there is always more. After the podcast, head to alushlifemanual.com to discover what the local spirit is and where to drink it. Also, did you know there's an igloo bar on the mountain? So much good stuff. Of course, if you subscribe to our newsletter, you'll receive all future Lush Guides directly to your inbox. But now, let's meet Gareth Hayes, bar manager of Lori's, a bar that may have had dubious beginnings, but is now at the forefront of Morzine's cocktail scene. Okay, so we're in Lori's bar. We're just a little bit off the beaten track of the Rue de Borg in Morzine in the French Alps. Cool, and this is... I think one of the only cocktail bars in Morzine. One of few, yes. Um, but it's the only cocktail bar at the minute that is doing the Prohibition-style speakeasy drinks, um, which go back to the 1920s and and are inspired by the Prohibition era. Yeah. And why did you think of bringing this to Morzine? Well, it's, it's a really popular uh, concept in the UK, and it has been quite popular over the last sort of 10, 15 years. And there wasn't really anything that, that offered that style of cocktail in an environment where you could kind of sit and relax and a little bit off the beaten track of um, the, the really popular popular areas amongst the, you know, the, the ski and snowboard crowds. So, you know, when I think of drinking, you know, apres ski drinking, mm-hmm. it's a lot of vin show yeah. and beer and demi-pêche yeah. and those kind of things. Um, have you know, are you finding that crowd kind of migrating to you guys? Yeah, I think it's uh, it's a very very popular sort of apres um, um, kind of pastime to go and enjoy a demi-pêche or a toffee vodka if you're part of the younger crowd maybe. But uh, we kind of wanted to steer away from that a little bit. We like to stock products that are a slightly better higher than average you know you know vodkas gins that sort of thing whiskies especially uh, and we also we liked to, the idea of developing our own um our own uh, kind of cocktails and smaller drinks that people might enjoy rather than just the very simple stuff that is traditionally made in the area um uh, particularly there's a couple of things that we like to give out which tend to be a bit of a uh, uh, 
a bartender's handshake, really, uh, and uh, they're called snackeries, which I'm sure you can have a try of later. Um, but they tend to be what we give out instead of your typical vodka, toffee vodka, um, and they are—they're going down really well at the minute. Yeah. So you've got to tell me what some of them are. <laughs> um, well, a snackery is is a small daiquiri essentially. Oh, I, and, uh, <laughs> of course. <laughs> and it's and it's kind of developed um, within the bar industry as a a little something that bartenders will will offer each other uh, and as a as a kind of bartender's handshake is is the key term mm-hmm. um so we like to we we really enjoyed bringing those those aspects to our to our customers and, and does someone guests. know about it is it on the menu no uh-huh. <laughs> so it's very you hear much it now. A, <laughs> um it's very much a you you get one you know when you're given one Oh, you have to be really good at your bar then. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Absolutely. So tell me more about your menu. Is it just classics? No, or? so we have a classic section. I think every menu should always have a classic section, and that is very much an untouched classic section um, that ranges from uh, Negroni's all the way through to um, Manhattan's, and then we've also got Culture Vibe number two on there, so it's, it is quite a you know a well-known classic section Uh, we also do a renaissance section which is um kind of our twist on a classic um so we we add certain bits to to you know real well-known um drinks and then that kind of gives it our twist and are you the one who's in control of the menu yes yeah so um we developed it over what we call interseason um and we worked with hideout hostel upstairs and we spent a good six, seven weeks, eight weeks developing what has now turned out to be the first draft of this menu. Um, and that was basically, an in, you know, we were open to, to the public, but we had a lot of locals in the area who were really keen and interested to give their opinions and help share their ideas. And They were uh, the guinea pigs, the, the lucky, guinea pigs. lucky yeah. so guinea we, pigs. We were doing five in the evening on a Friday night. Uh, upstairs at uh, Hyder Hostel people got to come and try them and the best of those eight weeks they made it onto the first draft of the menu so you're still on that first draft still on the first draft and when are you thinking of going to a a final or a second draft (laughs) well we we have a third section on the on the menu itself which is the originals and those are truly original cocktails that we've made in-house and that is um, the idea behind those cocktails are we are telling a story of our locals, we're telling a story of our bartenders, and we're telling a story about um, the area. So we are currently developing that as we go on the bar. So a couple of the guys here, they've got their own cocktails, which they've made uh, and named, and um, those will be you know, tweaked and developed until the next draft of the menu. Um, and you'll find again that a lot of folk in the area are the guinea pigs for those so uh, it will be the best best cocktails that they've made and the best stories that we can tell which will make it onto the next the next draft will you divulge one story of them of one of the cocktails um well yeah i could tell you about one of them okay um so one of them has been developed with um sammy one of our bartenders and uh, ben and they were really they're really interested in in negronis and they really enjoy that sort of flavor profile um so they they did a bit of research into the negroni and and how the negroni was sort of developed uh and they created their own cocktail which was based 
around the Negroni, but also with coffee bitters in there. And um, yeah, so it's it's very much a cocktail that we are in development, but it's uh, it's not completely ready yet, but it will get there. Fabulous. <laughs> Since your locals were, you know, a real part of this, um, of the menu transformation and transforming as we go along, um, how long have you been here and known to the locals? Um, so we're very new. Um, we are now in our second month of, of actually working as a bar. However, we are very well. This bar it was very well known among seasonaires and locals um, for years and years. The original name of this bar was called Paradis de Lories. Uh, so um, it was Madame Lories bar originally, and it was a, a burlesque style. Um, you know, underground bar. Was uh, there a Madame Laurie? There was a Madame Laurie, yeah. Um, and she she was a she was a burlesque dancer from the Moulin Rouge originally, and came over here and started this in this area. So that's kind of where that history come from. We we didn't really want to move away too much from, you know, our past, but we also wanted to um, kind of embrace. A little bit of change and a little bit of future and a little bit of sort of um, artisan cocktails. In the Is that where well. the speakeasy idea came from? That's where from? the speakeasy idea came from and it mm. sat perfectly with that original sort of theme. Uh, and there are things around this this bar which were original to the orig- to, to, to Madame Laurie's place. So there's bar stools over in the top area which were original bar stools. Um, there's the sign on the front door which has the full name of the original bar. And... Um, yeah, we we wanted to kind of move away from what parody became after right. Madame No Laurie burlesque, had. only cocktails. Yeah, and there was another change in the middle, and and I'm sure that there are a lot of seasonaires who will remember what the what the second version of parody was like because it was very much a club, and um, there was lots of neon lights and a lighting up dance floor. And, there was the disco bar, era. Yeah, uh-huh. There was a tiki bar in here at one point. And um, yeah, so we, we kind of wanted to move away from the club aspect mm-hmm. and uh, move into more of a lounge aspect. You know, we, we really like the idea of, of uh, new concepts being members' lounges. Uh, we didn't want to be necessarily just a members-only lounge, but we specifically didn't start with loads of promotion we kind of have specifically kept things very quiet up at the front door um so you almost have to find it yourself well i think i want to try one of your drinks should we go try one okay let's do it Lori's <laughs> is not the only bar in morzine serving classics beanies may have started off as a coffee bar but now their cocktails are rocking the town abby godbald met me over coffee which then somehow transformed into their iconic espresso martini. So we're in Beanies, um, and we started Beanies six years ago, um, originally as a coffee shop. Um, so it was just uh, my mum and myself that worked here, so it was very small. Um, we had the other side of the ski shop as well for, uh, for Mozzie. And um, uh, yeah, it went really, really well, um, but kind of always wanted, uh, wanted a, a, an alcohol license to turn it into a bar. Um, but they're not, all, they're not always that easy to come by. So um, we, we ended up getting hold of one, um, and then we converted Beanies. Um, so the ski shop moved downstairs. And we took over that side of the bar. 
Um, and, uh, and yes, I've changed it from a coffee shop into a, a, a still a coffee shop during the day, but also a cocktail bar in the evening, which meant that we could stay open a lot later. Um, and yeah, it's going well. <laughs> now, did you want to have cocktails all along? You always wanted to do cocktails so, as opposed to, you know, the apres-ski, just having, you know, yeah. creme de mint in your hot chocolate yeah. or anything like um, that. When we, uh, when we bought the alcohol license, um, we started looking into things and saw that cocktails is a, a big thing now. You know, people expect it in those bars. Um, it kind of gives you that edge on certain other bars as well. Um, so we, uh, yeah, we, we, we knew that we wanted to do cocktails. Um, and uh, we had a trainer come over from England um, to train all our team. Um, because we didn't obviously know that much about cocktails. So that's kind of how it all started. Uh, and then, yeah, actually, we uh, absolutely loved it and, uh, and, and went from there, really. Was, yes. Did you know what kind of cocktails you wanted to create? I mean, did you have like a set menu in mind? Not particularly. So we were quite guided by, uh, by the trainer that came over. Um, and then he um, kind of encouraged us to, like he, his goal was to, to give us confidence to create our own cocktails. And he did that with the whole team. So lots of experience, like he was getting us to play around with flavours and stuff. Um, and uh, and then kind of yeah make make us create our own. How do you even find a trainer in London? Did you have friends in the industry? Uh, we didn't. No, we did a lot of research. Um, so we found this uh, this bar school um, uh, in in London. Uh, had a really good reputation. And kind of started speaking to them, and it just sounded great. They put together a package for us where they would you know help us design the bar. They would help us um, you know with the layout because we we came from a coffee shop. You know we didn't really know what would work well. You know how like things from like the speed rails. To how you should set up the cocktail stations. They went through absolutely everything. It must have been really um, fun. It was so them. much fun. Yeah, it was great. And it was really good because we had a new team as well. Um, so it was really good, like team bonding at the start. Like he would tie us together with a tea towel and teach us how to work together like, with a lot of people behind the bar. That kind of thing it was brilliant. Uh. Really, really good. Yeah. So tell me about your first menu. Our first menu uh, was very different to the one we have now, actually. Um, which so is this funny. was four years this ago, was, right? So this was four, four years, years ago. ago. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so a lot of it was trial and error because obviously we didn't know what was going to be a big seller um, and we didn't know what our, our clientele would, you know, would be interested in. So we put together a menu that was quite different, um, that was um, quite time-consuming, maybe. Um, so we were making a lot of cordials in-house, we were doing a lot of infusions, that kind of thing. Um, trying to use a lot of local products so we were doing like a, um, a we, we have a lot of the pine trees here so we were making a pine syrup which was lovely but very time consuming um, we uh, so then as we got busier we realized that we had to change some things to be able to be more um, to be able to serve at a better pace as well um, so yes yeah, so now we've got the menu that we have today um, which some some of the original stuff is still on there, and some you know we've had to kind of tweak a little bit, um, and um, yeah, and, and it's it, the cocktail industry changes like a fashion; it changes a lot. Um, so a lot of um, you know cocktails that. They come in and out of fashion a lot, basically. So, um, yeah, it's very... Are you seeing one type of cocktail that's more popular than others here in Morzine? Absolutely. Um, so, at this season, uh, the espresso martini has overtaken any cocktail. 
Um, more so, like the, the mojito last year was very, very popular, but this year's definitely the espresso martini. And this does it change it season to season? It does, yeah, it uh -huh. changes, yeah. It's uh, it, uh, Morzine seems to be a little bit behind, so I think the espresso martini was very popular in London last year. Um, I think it's all there, so, always. Yeah, you know? exactly. So, um, so it's now always it's, one of those. Uh, it's, it's definitely very, very popular here. Mm. Um, and I think because we are known as a coffee shop, we've got very good coffee, um, that we've got quite a good reputation for espresso martinis. Now how long ago did you move here? Uh, I moved here where 18 years ago. Yeah. But so how come well, in those 18 years, you know, why did you guys even decide to start something so, 6 years ago? Um, I uh, it, it actually all originates from the from the <laughs> ski side. Uh, so the ski hire business um, because we also have um, a ski hire shop um, and we needed a shop in the centre of town. Um, so that's where Beanies came about. We took it on as a ski shop originally, um, but then uh, it was too big. So and, uh, my dad's other passion is uh, coffee. <laughs> so you have the ski shop and then the, the, the coffee shop as well. Um, I just finished school at that time. Um, always wanted to work, um, so went in. Uh, so started um, the coffee shop with my mum, uh, which was a lot of fun. It was a really good thing to get involved in at that age. Um, and, uh, and yeah, then it just went from there. Um, yeah, we really kind of just evolved each year. It's been great. Yeah, we went from a team of two to now thirteen. So, oh boy! Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's good. So I think I need to try one of those espresso martinis you've been talking Absolutely. about. Absolutely. Should we go have one? Absolutely. I'd love to make you one. <laughs> now to the craft beer scene. There really is only one place making as many craft beers as humanly possible. And that's Beck Chant. Christine Jaillet, the bar manager, was on hand to give us a brief intro to the bar and its humble beginnings. So we are at the Beckjohn Brewery uh, in Morzine, in Haute-Savoie, in the French Alps. Um, we are north side of the Alps, which is uh, awesome because we're quite close to Geneva and it attracts quite a lot of in international people. And that's what I think what kind of drew my bosses to come here. Um, but also, uh, they're massively both in love with the mountain and the lifestyle up here. Um, so Krigel, uh, Luti and Matt Stone uh, own the Bergeron Brewery and they started originally five years ago. Um, Matt is a, is a chef. Uh, Krigel uh, learned to brew at the Colonel Brewery in London and they met through their wife, I think, that's the story. They were both journalists that they met through them and they were like, oh, dude, wouldn't be, it would be pretty good to move to the Alps and brew some beer, right? And I, that's that's how it started, I think. Um, so, um, so was it five years? So they've been doing was, this for five years. Yes, they have, and I think they they the first one to be surprised to have been in in the business, still doing it for five years. Um, so, yeah, they went for the Beckjohn because uh, Beckjohn means yellow beak. And that's the nickname of a local bird uh, called the shuka, um, and that, that's yeah. They, they 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 went for this. It's a simple, yeah. I don't know simple if you know, decision. but when they started, did they have one specific beer that they wanted to make? Mm, that I think Kriegel has been drawn to American hops, and 
um, not not a specific kind of beer, just Kriegel's Brewing. So you guys have four beers every week. How does it work? Um, yeah, change all the time. Uh, that's something I love telling our customers. It's uh, They're like, oh, I've tasted something great here. Uh, I can't remember what it was. Maybe you can help me uh, remember. And I'm like, oh, well, that was that was a few weeks ago. We don't have it anymore, but we have this on today. Um, I love that about this this business um, so at the moment on tap we have uh, starting from a pilsner for the lager drinker because resort needs a lager you, you you just come from the slope you need something refreshing easy to drink now that's what they want so that's what we brew for them and then we have a saison at the moment so uh, from what one batch to another it will it will change always it will be a time version it'll be a hoppy version at the moment it's more of a citrusy version of a saison then um the third one on top would be an ipa that one this week is like 7.6 percent so they get higher and higher next week it'll be five and a half we we know you know every batch is different and then the fourth one is a stout uh, which will alternate between a porter or a stout it will always have a darker darker and how long does it take to brew a beer well here between a week and 10 days Mm. and it's right in here and when do you do it uh in the morning in the morning we brew in the even, in the afternoon we serve <laughs> all right that sounds great well thanks so much yeah, should nice. we go have some yes we should these are only three of some great places to enjoy a drink or two in morzine you'll find the entire lush guide to morzine at a lushlifemanual.com but don't go yet or else you'll miss our cocktail of the week the story behind the dead rabbit our cocktail of the week, is that Gareth wanted to create something that suited the tastes of Morzine locals, but was also a homage to one of the best bars in the world. The first ingredient sends you straight to the Emerald Island, a nod to the owners of the Dead Rabbit in New York, 40 mLs of Jameson's Whiskey. Gareth then adds 10 mLs of Martini Rosso, two dashes of Creole Bitters, and tops that all up with ginger beer. Start by rubbing a ginger slice around the rim of the glass and drop it in. Then add in the Jameson's, Martini Rosso, and Creole Bitters. Stir with ice, then top with ginger beer. Garnish it with a sprig of burnt rosemary. You'll find this recipe and all the cocktails of the week on alushlifemanual.com, where you'll also find all the ingredients in our shop. If you head to my sister's site, bestbitsworldwide.com, you'll find out what to do in Morzine when you're not in the bar. Fun things to do from skiing, to night sledging, to snowshoeing, plus where to eat fondue and other cheesy Savoy treats. Next time, we're meeting Jason Clark a Kiwi by birth, and now the new brand ambassador for Talisker. His cocktail of the week made me wish for winter to go on forever. You can only find it out if you join us then. Until next time, bottoms up. Thanks for listening to the Lush Life Podcast. For more information and links to everything you've heard, plus a whole lot more, 
please visit alushlifemanual.com. Always remember the wise words of Oscar Wilde, all things in moderation, including moderation, and always drink responsibly. Okay, I said that last part. Theme music is by Stephen Shapiro and used with permission. Lush Life is produced by Evo Terra. And I'm your drinking partner, Susan Schwartz. I'll see you at the bar. <laughs>